We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, I'm Hannah Brown and welcome to Better Tomorrow. My absolute favorite thing to do is have a heart-to-heart talk with my new friends and my best friends, where we sit down and talk about all the things like relationships and love, faith, and self-care. And of course, the little things as well, like the struggle to figure out what to eat tonight. All in all, I really want to ask, how am I better today than yesterday and bring artists, entrepreneurs, and friends along on the journey? So join me on the journey, will you? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Better Tomorrow. I'm so excited about our guest today. Um, Jenna Palak is here. Jenna, thank you so much for being (laughs) on Better Tomorrow. Hi. Thank you. I'm so excited right now. Oh, I love that. Well, I want to introduce you a little bit because for those that may not know you, so after Jenna graduated college in 2020, she started growing her social media platform while simultaneously landing a job in advertising at TikTok, which I cannot wait to talk about. Um, After picking up her life from Ohio and then moving to Austin, Texas, she realized making new friends and finding fun communities outside of work was much harder as an adult. This inspired Jenna to start her own podcast, Fun on Weekdays, in July 2021. The podcast has built a community for women to connect with others looking to find friends and make the most of life amidst the stress of work and relationships. Jenna hosts events across the country to bring her community together in real life and has built a lifestyle brand focused on the importance of incorporating fun into our lives. Wow. I know. That's a mouthful. (laughs) And it's so much in such a short amount of time. Like three years ago, you graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And this was in the height of a pandemic. So what was that like graduating college and trying to go into the workplace during that time. Yeah. So I went to Kent State in Ohio. Um, I studied fashion merchandising, which might sound really random. It's like, (laughs) Ohio fashion? What? Mm -hmm. Um, So I graduated in May 2020. And during college, I actually worked at Sherry Hill. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that was in 2018 when you were Miss Alabama. Yes. And I, Sherry Hill did my dress for Miss USA. Yes. So 
I, in high school, worked at a dress store and I was obsessed with dresses. I My first dress I ever sold was a Sherry Hill dress. Did you do pageants? I didn't. Okay. No, it wasn't really a thing. Um, Ohio pageants were more Columbus. I didn't know anyone growing up that did them. Otherwise, I feel as though I probably would have been interested in it. Mm-hmm. But just something I was unaware of until I started working for Sherry Hill. And so I did a summer internship and then I went back again the following summer in 2019. And I had plans to go and work for them full time after I graduated college. Unfortunately, um, prom and bridal and special events were one of the first industries to just be completely depleted. So working at Sherry Hill when I graduated was no longer an option. And I'm like, shoot, I didn't really make a backup plan because... My entire outlook on life is if I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it. And there's no other option than that. So I had my mindset on Sherry Hill. And when that didn't work out, um, at the time I was bartending in college, I was doing working for this company called University Tees. And I was selling custom t-shirts for sororities and fraternities. And I was just kind of doing a, a handful of different things. And so I started to open my options to, okay, all I know is I want to move to Austin. So at this point- Because Sherry Hill is is based in Austin, Texas, correct? Yes. Yeah. And when I did the summer internship, I just fell in love with Austin. Mm-hmm. I had like gotten out of a long-term relationship. I was at a point where I was so lost in who I was that moving to Austin was almost like this Hannah Montana moment for me. Yeah. Like, I love it here. I start saying y'all. I start wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> so are you, because you were from Ohio? Yeah, I'm from okay. Painesville, Ohio. It's, is that small town? It is a small town, but I graduated with like a little over 300 people. So it's not that small. Okay. We're not like riding tractors to school by any means, but it was a small town. And um, a lot of my f- friends at that time hadn't really been like moving to, di- to big cities yet. So I ended up finding this job on TikTok. Sorry. I ended up finding this job for TikTok that was in Austin mm-hmm. and it was in advertising at the time, I tell this story all the time, but I had LinkedIn premium because I was like, oh my gosh, I just got to find a job and maybe this will help me. And so you can see where you rank amongst job postings, which was actually horrible because it was a shot to my ego. I wasn't even in the top 50%. Um, and candidly, I definitely was not the best candidate for the job. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have experience in advertising. So I just thought, what sets me apart? And I think a lot of that is just my ambition and my longing to learn and my longing to succeed. So if I say that I want to start in advertising, then I'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so I posted a video on TikTok about my resume and why they should hire me. And then that video ended up going viral. And two days later, I got a call um, from their recruitment team in LA. And I thought it was just a spam call. I'm like, someone's messing with me. They're they're being a horrible person. They just want to get my hopes up. But no, I actually ended up interviewing and then I got the job like two weeks later. And amidst that, I just shared the process on TikTok and I gained like 20,000 followers or something in that like span of time. Maybe a little bit more than that. I don't really remember now that it's been so long, but that's when I started posting more on social media. And it's funny because when I first started, it was like resume building and here's an application you should do to apply for Instagram and just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized people don't actually care about that. They cared about my story. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started for me. So how much time, like in the span of you figuring out, okay, this is not going to work to pivoting, 
and then finding this opportunity and like make or make not finding making this opportunity for yourself mm-hmm. for this job at TikTok. Like what was that span of time like? So it was pretty quick. Honestly, um, I had been applying to a few other jobs, too. I applied for like these bridal stores. I applied for sales jobs that were remote. I mean, everywhere at this point was remote. Mm-hmm. And so I found the job listing for TikTok. And that day I applied. And okay. then the like two days later, you made the TikTok. I made the TikTok because actually when I went to go apply, the job posting had been removed and they really like, closed the application. So that's why I made the video was because I was like, oh, shoot, they need to see it. And so it was a pretty like quick split decision. Okay, I could do advertising. Like, sure, why not? I don't have any experience in it, but I could learn. (laughs) But it was a genius idea because had you already been like using TikTok as a platform like for yourself or was this kind of the thing that like you're like, hey, I'm trying to work for TikTok. Might as well use this and, and make this thing go viral. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I had a TikTok account because actually the summer before Sherry Hill assigned me a TikTok research project to find like younger influencers that we could send dresses to and help them grow their TikTok account. And I made one video for them that summer. It was like a little dress transition video. And I was so proud of it, but they never posted it. And I was like, oh my God, it was such a good video. That was the only one that I actually tried. And then in college, um, me and my girlfriends, I lived in a house with seven other girls. And we would make little videos before we went to our fraternity day parties to pregame or stuff like that, but it was never serious. So that video was my first attempt to try to understand the platform. Mm -hmm. And I used the green screen for the first time. And I also included like really cheesy TikTok trend references. Um, I, I have like you research this, like how, like were you like how to make my video go viral and you tried to like add those those concepts and ideas and trends in so that you would have a better chance of them seeing this video yeah kind of i thought that it would just be a little bit more creative than just like standing in front of a picture and explaining things to just kind of make it into more of a story because i think there's so much that you can't learn about someone on a piece of paper on a resume and even i learned this as i was hiring people for my team is that there's so much more beyond your list of experiences and projects you've worked on. A lot of it is your personality and a lot of it is your ambition and drive and you can't read that Mm -hmm. off a piece of paper. So I wanted to basically paint my resume in a story that was also portraying the platform that I was trying to work for. So I didn't do any research on like how to go viral. It was more so just, oh my God, I have to get this job. Uh, This is a last resort. This is my last pitch effort to try and get their attention. And I closed my phone. I woke up in the morning and I had a K after the followers. It's like, what? Oh my God, I'm famous. And then after that, it just kind of continued and people were just really invested mm-hmm. because it hadn't really been done yet. It was 2020 when TikTok was really picking up. And I think that's when a lot of um, TikTok influencers kind of got their footing in it because it was so much easier to go viral then. Yeah. But I think it's not only that, but also a lot of people were in a similar situation as you. Um, I mean, at that time, trying to find your first job, pretty difficult. And so that you put yourself out there. That is the thing that I, after researching you and just like following all the things that you do that I think it's not just that you go after what you want, but you 
also are super bold and take risks <laughs> to do that. And I think that has been what has allowed all these success these successes in your life to happen. Because a lot of people can say they want something and say they're going to go after it, but then they reach this hurdle or they have to really put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. And that's when they stop. But I think what is a big characteristic of you and everything that you've done and how you've built this brand that you have is your boldness. And I just think that's something that a lot of people fear, like they let the fear get in the way of just like putting themselves mm -hmm. out there. So I just want to say like, I'm really impressed by you. Where are my engaged girls? Congrats. You're engaged. So am I. Now you may be like me wondering what's next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can get designs, save the dates and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry and stay on track and on budget throughout the entire process with their free planning tools. Zola has created everything you need to make the whole process super easy and hopefully actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on the couch. Look, I have just now opened the can of worms of all that is wedding planning, but I'm so thankful for Zola because it can help make wedding planning so much easier for all of us engaged girlies. We need to be having fun. We need to be excited. It doesn't need to be a stressful process. And I feel like Zola can really help us engaged girlies enjoy this time of our life because we are celebrating the love that we have created and this beautiful new chapter in our life. And we do not need to be crying over napkins and invitations. So Zola's got us covered. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been in a really awesome season, but also a season that has been pretty stressful. There's been a lot going on. Um, I can see where some of those things that really keep me grounded, um, I have not been able to make time for and not know how to do that. And so it's been weighing on me a little bit. And look, we all carry around different stressors that can be big or small, but when we keep them bottled up and don't talk about like what's going on in our life, it can really affect us negatively. So therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest to really talk about what you're going through and figure out a way to work through whatever that is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no charge if like you're just not feeling that connected with somebody you can always try it again get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash tomorrow today to get 10% off your first order that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash tomorrow Although I'm not there yet myself, I know a lot of you listening have children and want to set up your child for success. So IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. 
IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the US. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had IXL when I was going through school because I really needed that extra help just to like get things implemented into my brain so that I could really know what I was learning and not just be like, I don't know, I had a good memory, but I don't think I actually learned something, but that's really through repetition. And I feel like IXL is wonderful for that. I think this is such a wonderful product for anybody who's like just struggling with a topic or just trying to get ahead, study for a test. It really can help in so many ways. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Hannah B. Visit IXL.com slash Hannah B to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. What was it like working for TikTok and TikTok? And was it what you expected it to be once you got what you thought was going to be this dream job? Yeah. So it was definitely positioned as my dream job because Realistically, it was at the time, like out of all the other options that were available, no one was hiring. And anyone that was hiring, I was competing against millions of people who were like higher ups at companies with far more experience in tech space or in sales or whatever I was trying to do. And so it was like a little bit discouraging and very overwhelming when I started because I was now surrounded by all these people who were so much more intelligent than me, so much more experienced and working from home. So when I got the job, I had about a month and a half before I moved to Austin. And when I moved to Austin, um, I just spent some some time with like my family and friends beforehand. And I, you know, just kind of said my final goodbyes. And then when I moved to Austin, it was under the impression that we would start going into the office in Austin. But then that kept getting pushed back and back and back. And so I was living on my own for the very first time because in college, I lived in my sorority house my sophomore year. And then my junior, senior year, I lived in an annex house. It was called Fever. Um, And I live with seven girls. So to live on my own for the first time in a new city where I didn't know anyone, it was peak COVID. I mean, the day that I moved to Austin, the mayor or whoever announced that Austin was shutting down. And like Texas historically was a lot more lenient with COVID and their lockdown rules than somewhere like Ohio. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is really overwhelming. I'm stuck at my apartment and I'm doing all of this virtually and I'm just not picking it up. Like even all the acronyms about advertising, what is a CPM? I don't know. What is ROI? Like I have no idea. Um, And so learning all of that through a computer was pretty overwhelming. Sounds brutal. And I called my mom and I'm like, I just, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm so used to like wanting to be the best at everything And I really want people to think that I'm like good and Mm -hmm. perfect and that I'm like the top. And that's something I'm like trying to be better about. But it was not all that I wanted it to be. It was definitely a lot more administrative. Um, But I'm grateful for it because it taught me what I don't already know. It taught me a lot of new skills that I currently use now with social media. And It was really interesting, but it wasn't something that I saw myself doing long term. So Mm -hmm. after a year of working there, um, I was on the advertising side. So I was an account manager. And if, um, let's say, like Revolve or I don't know, a beauty brand wanted to advertise with TikTok, some of those mid-market brands 
I would be their account manager. I would help run their campaigns, but I wasn't creating the content for them. I was just like telling them how much budget to put into it, who to target, how frequently to run it. And that was something new for me. I really, really enjoyed the creative side of, oh, okay, you guys have a fall campaign. You have X amount of money. Like you should work with these creators and you should do this concept to this audio or, and I loved that aspect. So on the creator side, as I continued to grow my own following, I kind of got a chance to do that as I started working with brands. But then it became a gray area where I was like a representative of TikTok, but I was also a creator. And so it got to the point where I had to turn down a lot of opportunities and it was discouraging because I'm like, oh, well, I could make more money if I just was able to do this and then I could grow my following and then maybe I could do something more creative. And so after a year of working there, I had um, a performance call with my manager and I think they knew it was coming. I like cried my eyes out. I was like, I just feel like I'm not that good at what I'm doing. It's really overwhelming. I feel bad about myself because I want to be really good at it, but I just don't have an interest. Mm -hmm. And I asked if there were opportunities to move into like marketing or events and there just wasn't at the time. And so I just decided, okay, maybe I should pursue doing social media full time then. And I didn't, I think I had like 170,000 followers at that time on TikTok. And I remember when I said that I was quitting my job, I was expecting people to be like, oh my God, yes, Jenna, go you. Like, I'm so proud of you. And no, people were like, oh, you're just another influencer moving to LA, like falling into the routine. We liked you because you had a normal job. We liked you because you were relatable. And that took a huge toll on me. And it really got in my head for like a long time, honestly, probably a year and a half. I think I only moved forward from that like this summer. (laughs) Yeah, I could... I could totally see that because you did build your following over getting this job and then deciding, hey, this job is not for me. I think it would make a a difference. And I think it's important that you, you know, talk about that. First of all, you didn't, it was hurting your self-esteem, but also you just weren't passionate about it. I think there's, there are going to be times in life where we're not the best at something, but Mm -hmm. if you have to have the passion to keep trying and keep going, and if it's not fulfilling you and it's also causing you stress and your self-confidence, something's got to change. Um, I wonder, do you feel like it would have been harder for you had it not been COVID to be dealing with this job that was probably, I mean, I guess for me as somebody who also likes to be the best at something, <laughs> I can get very stressed when that that plan of being the best is not working out. <laughs> so like there's like this, this stressor in your life of wanting to continue to get better at this thing that's just like you're having to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Plus trying to have, you know, on the side doing your own thing. Was that just a unique time that you were able, because you didn't know any, anybody, you're in this new town, like to be able to have the time to really use to to use for that creative outlet and, and building your TikTok? And was that the thing that you kind of went to um, that helps you, you know, find some type of purpose and enjoyment because with your job, you weren't really finding that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, (laughs) I mean, I was living, I was working remotely and I spent a lot of nights alone in my apartment, like on TikTok live. And I would do really like ridiculous things just to keep myself occupied. And I feel like in those moments, that's when I had so much fun on social mm-hmm. media. Like I remember one night I bought extensions and I was sewing clips into them like on TikTok live. 
And I would go on these dates all the time. And like you were saying, when you would go on your hinge dates and make like your YouTube videos, I would do that too on TikTok. And so it was just a really fun time to just kind of share everything that I was doing, not only like working my first job and moving to a new city, but also being single at that time and like trying to make friends too. And luckily with social media, it connects you to so many people. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I found majority of my closest girlfriends through um, through social media. And so it was kind of in that when I found a purpose in posting more personal content and then like also trying to pivot my platform as a way to help other girls do the same. And so I'm sure you feel this. If you go to a city and you're like, oh, I'm going to San Diego for the day. I'm sure hundreds of people message you like, oh, if you're free, I would love to get coffee with you. Or mm-hmm. I'd love to grab dinner. I'd love to just pick your brain. Or I'd love to be friends. And I would do that a lot at the very beginning. And you would say yes. And yeah. You just- well, yeah, I had nothing else to lose. I didn't yeah. know anyone. And I had a lot of time. And it was also like a fun thing to make videos about. And um, then over time, I just I kind of found my group of girls. And I kind of found the people that I wanted to invest all of my time in. And I realized, okay, I can't get together with you today because I'm busy. But someone else has also messaged me something similar. So like I could help you guys become friends and then I realized, oh, okay, I could do this on a larger scale. And that's kind of when I started Fun on Weekdays. Mm-hmm. It was out of the personal need of me to get out of my house because I had been stuck there all day and to find something fun to do outside of work because I wasn't finding my purpose in my job. And I, so many people don't find it in their job. So it's that much more important to find purpose in what you do outside of your nine to five or your 10 to 3 a.m. or whatever mm-hmm. your working hours are. Like, your personal life is where you can find purpose if you don't have it in your career. And so that's why I started Fun on Weekdays. So I want to kind of go back to what you said about um, you, before you started all this or decided you wanted to go full time to creating your own content mm-hmm. and and really focusing on, was Fun on Weekdays already started while you started, t- when, while you were at TikTok? So I actually started it in July of 2021. And so I quit my job a, a month later. And okay. yeah, and a lot of people thought that I quit my job specifically for Fun on Weekdays, but it was more so like I was ready to give up my job anyways. And I happened to have a social media following and I happened to have like a couple brand deals And I did the math and I was like, okay, if I got these brand deals every single month, then I would be able to pay my rent. I would be able to like afford the current lifestyle that I have. Because when I talked to my parents about it, they were like, I just don't get it. You know, Mm -hmm. like you want to make sure that you're stable. It's really unconventional. Like what happens if it's not consistent? What happens if you don't keep getting the same income? And so, um, yeah, when I quit my job, I had all intentions of if this doesn't work out for like a month or two, I can always find a different job. Mm-hmm. Maybe now that time has passed, it's been a year, I can get back into bridal or I can pursue being a makeup artist like I've always wanted to do or could go into sales or really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I happen to have like the social media component to fall back on. But after I quit my job, I really invested everything that I had into social media and it ended up like working out. So you said that like social media during that time um, when you're trying to, you're figuring out like, uh, this, maybe this job isn't for me was kind of your outlet and you love doing it. Once it became your full-time job, <laughs> how did that change or did it change the way that you viewed sharing your life? And then there's this pressure of like, you just 
quit your stable job, like income flowing, did you feel like this intense pressure to make sure that you were being able to provide your, for yourself that made it not as fun as it used to be? Yeah, I think honestly, when I did quit my job and there were a lot of people who said, I, I liked that you had it, it made you relatable, that definitely got in my head. And then that became an insecurity of mine. Why did it get in your head? Just I think just because I was like, oh, I just don't want to be one of those people that's out of touch. And I want people mm -hmm. to like me and I want people to relate to me. So if that means like I need a normal job in order to do that, then maybe I made a mistake. And I've always been a big people pleaser, like literally going to therapy to, you know, uncover my perfectionism and wanting people to like me and accept me. And so that was really hard. And I think that just got in my head so much that I was really like paranoid of a lot of things that I would post. And it kind of took the enjoyment out of it because I didn't feel like I was being my truest self. Mm -hmm. And when I wasn't being my truest self, people that had followed me for a long time, like immediately picked up on that. And I had been very in denial that I had changed at all um, because I just didn't want to admit. So what were the little changes that you were consciously or, or subconsciously doing that people were, were picking up on and being like, hey, that's not the gym? Yeah, I, I feel know. like, first of all, feeding into any type of negativity and like making my little clapback videos. Like I don't, don't get me wrong. I love a snarky like response. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to leave a hate comment. Like I'm going to reply. Um, but then just kind of feeding into that negativity and also over explaining myself a lot. Like I just felt the need to tell almost too much information because you wanted people to be like, see, if you know all this, you'll like me. Yes. And most importantly, um, I wanted to justify and like convince myself that I was still working because when so many people had followed me for this job and this like relatability of my having a normal nine to five, I wanted people to see like, oh, see, I am still working as an influencer. Mm -hmm. But like I realize now, oh, my God, it's not the same. It's literally not the same at all. I kind of removed myself from going to a lot of the PR events and like the little pop ups and happy hours and stuff. And I'm like. I can't believe that there was a time like a year ago where I thought that that was a job. And I tried to like justify to my followers like, oh, I have a meeting today and it's like a 30 minute like creative brief meeting. And I have a meeting with my managers and then I have an event at night. It's like the event is a cocktail party. It's like that's not that's not like a work event. It's not mm -hmm. the same as having um like an accounting call or something like that. And so people rightfully so picked up on that and they didn't like it. And I think as I watch other creators too, um, you pick up on things like trying to justify that you're working hard or that our job is hard. Like, of course, there are challenging aspects, but I mean, I chose that and I could change that at any point. I could literally go back to a corporate job tomorrow and stop bitching and complaining mm -hmm. about it. Like we're in a very fortunate position and I think I just lost sight of that for a while. Um, and so now like bringing myself back down to earth, I think it's just important to acknowledge the ways that I have kind of lost myself in that, mm -hmm. um, especially for the people who have followed me for a long time. And it felt like maybe at one point my like content was somewhat inauthentic. I can really relate with, I've had so many different seasons. I think as a public person or a content creator, there can be ebbs and flows of the workload too. And then you can feel guilty when mm -hmm. 
there's not as much. And so for me, I would be like, oh, I got to figure out something. I got to make myself stressed out about something else to like bitch about <laughs> because <laughs> my life, it, it there is a lot um, of privilege being able to be in this work, but there are these nuances that make it, it harder because it's, you know, you don't get to hide behind, I'm an accountant and I do accounting and I'm going to this meeting, but it's all about you, which can mm. be really egocentric and it can be hard to find fulfillment in that. But all these having to deal with that negativity can be really hard to keep going. I think that's what kind of makes, I think that's what makes the job so hard is having people criticize, especially when you're not doing great and then people are criticizing mm -hmm. you on things. It's like, how do you, how do you keep showing up? I think that's the hardest part of yeah. content creation. But I also understand probably where like your head was of having to like justify that this is a real, this, this is a real job. Mm -hmm. I get both. But I think I was able to change my mindset a little bit when I started doing more for fun on weekdays and I started making it less about me because there was a period of time where I was just doing partnerships and I was just filming ads for like TikTok and Instagram. And during those months, I felt so lost. Mm -hmm. And like you said, very egocentric, very materialistic. And yes, like you might have to film one ad, but it might take you two or three hours to like film it and edit it. And then you don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. You might mm -hmm. not have anything to do for the rest of the week. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm like bored. Mm -hmm. And I got really bored and I felt like I didn't have a purpose. My only purpose was to like share myself. So when I started fun on weekdays, I was like, how can I make this way more about other people and less about me? And then when I started hosting the events, I am like the one that is planning the events. I had an event planner for a little bit. Um, I'm now doing the events myself again. But I mean, that in itself is a, oh, whole, a whole job. Like, my gosh. I mean, yeah, that I can't believe that you're hosting those yes. events yourself. Like that yeah. is a full people go to college to learn how to yeah, do and these I mean, types of big events that you're doing. Yeah. And I didn't really have experience with that either. That's just something that I learned along the way. But I realized that there's a lot of ways that I can add transparency and relatability to what I am doing without it being a nine to five, mm -hmm. whether that's like showing the behind the scenes of how this all works, showing you like what I put into preparing an event doing a cost breakdown to show you where the budgeting comes in and like what your money for your ticket is actually going towards. And then also um, I manage a full-time employee now and she's my graphic designer. So like I oversee projects that she's doing and I'm assigning her tasks and we're creating like actual campaigns for fun on weekdays with brands. And so it is a job and I am able to see that in a way where I'm like, okay, I am really proud of myself for creating something. It's not necessarily a tangible product at the moment I have had like merch but that has been a whole other thing mm -hmm. um so I have been able to like champion some of the successes and some of the work that I do day to day but I just kind of stopped trying to justify it yeah no I think one of my good friends my best friend is a life coach and she obviously like her job is pouring in other people's lives but she also doesn't like it's so weird what, why we have to justify to ourselves the life that we created, mm -hmm. created. And yes, did that, like I said, it comes with, you know, for me, I was on TV show, I was on some TV shows and that helped propel me into the things that I've done. And for, yeah, like I feel like for you is totally different, but like, it's okay to be proud of the life that you created for yourself and know that it's, it's different than other people's mm -hmm. or what you thought it was going to be. And that you don't have to show people all the behind the scenes that you're doing. It's just, you are, 
you have created these different, the brand of yourself and now fun on weekdays and can just like celebrate that. I I don't know. I, I totally, I totally get it though. But what made, what, I mean, I think you kind of talked about why you came up with the idea for fun on weekdays, Mm -hmm. but how did that evolve and how has that grown? It started out as a podcast. Yes. So when I had my corporate job, I made this video on TikTok and it was like just a compilation of things that I did throughout that week. And then I put a little voiceover to it and that audio kind of like took off and people started using it as an audio to show what they've been doing. And that audio I then used as the trailer for my podcast. And the whole idea around the Fun on Weekdays podcast was talking about fun things that I do outside of work to maximize my life and find my purpose outside of my career. And so when I first started the podcast, it it was pretty like centric around, sorry, centered around that. Um, But then three episodes after launching it, I had quit my job. And then a lot of those comments about like, your podcast doesn't even make sense anymore. You're not relatable. That really got into my head with the mm-hmm. podcast. So it definitely has transitioned over time. And now like what I'm doing is more so talking to people who live their life to the fullest and still encompassing that idea of finding purpose and fun and finding like fulfillment in the people you surround yourself with, the opportunities you create, or maybe it is your job um, versus like me sitting down and say, this is what you need to do on Monday. This is what you need to do on Tuesday to have fun. It was never meant to be that, but I think it started as that a little bit. So with that, um, I started this Facebook group as a way to like just connect girls as a way to kind of put them all in a big group chat. And Mm -hmm. now um, I think it has like 64,000 people. Um, And then I realized that there were a lot of conversations around, I'm moving to this city. I'm looking for a roommate. So then I made a roommate page and then I'm like, okay, a lot of people are looking for jobs. So I made a networking page. And then there were things, girls trying to sell tickets to concerts and clothes. So I made a buy-sell page. So it's kind of morphed into this whole ecosystem of a place for girls to go, whether they're looking to like meet a new friend, find a roommate, find a new job, connect with someone, um, or even just find something fun to do in their area. And so the Facebook page kind of became like an overview of where you could go if you're looking for resources. And then from that, I recognized that there were a lot of girls that were not only in Austin, but... Chicago and Nashville and um, New York and all around the country. And there there were like a thousand people in some cities that were all a part of my Facebook group. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. So people started hosting these little meetups to get together. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to bring people together in person because it's one thing for me to tell you to like go make new friends. And as somebody who moved to a new city and didn't know anyone, oh my God, you actually have to force yourself to put yourself out there and meet up with a girl who DM'd you or maybe be the one to DM them and say, hey, I happen to see that you live here. Like, would you ever want to get together? It's awkward sometimes. But that was kind of my goal with the events was to encourage girls to come alone and make a new friend. And at the very least, like do something new for yourself and challenge yourself because it really does make you feel really good about yourself to know that you tried something. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't like it, you tried and then you know. So it Fun on Weekdays has kind of morphed into that and just this whole community. And it's really crazy. Like I meet people at the airport who are wearing a Fun on Weekdays sweatshirt. I was sitting at the airport um, a couple months ago next to this girl and I look over. She was listening to my podcast and I saw it and I was like, 
I looked at her and I tapped her on the shoulder. I was like, oh my God, hi. And it's just oh, really, wow. it's really touching. And I, when I meet people who say, I actually just moved here and I met some girls in your group. Um, so it just feels like something much larger than myself. And I think that's what I've really been longing for with social media is just finding a way to make it purposeful. Today is about looking for new ways to better ourselves, but sometimes that means looking in a totally different place or even a different state. In South Dakota, travel is transformative. It's good for the soul. It's the kind of place to just let go, to escape from the routine and predictability of life, to put down the phone and pick up a sense of adventure and to see the world a little bit differently, as in not through our screen. Life in South Dakota is about unplugging from it all and connecting with the world around you. It's about being open to real surprises and treating your senses to a real, raw, natural beauty that doesn't need a filter. Whether you're exploring the mountains and trees of the Black Hills, hiking through the Badlands, navigating the wild towns, or camping under the stars, South Dakota is the place to get a little lost and find yourself along the way. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. Real change happens when you're consistent and achieving the hair of your dreams is no exception. Thanks to Vegamore, sticking to your hair routine has never been easier, so you actually see the results you've always wanted. When it comes to seeing results, the key is consistency, y'all. With a monthly subscription to Grow Hair Serum, Vegamore makes it easy to stay consistent. Plus, you save more and never run low on the products you need to take care of your hair. Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. For the best results, use a minimum three months for visibly fuller, healthier, and thicker-looking hair. Fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. You guys know I love Vegamore so much. I have seen so much improvement in my hair because of using their products. They really are that great. Um, I like the Grow Hair Serum because I can use it on my hair when it's wet or dry. So it just helps me stay consistent depending on if it's a wash day or not. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash Hannah B and use code Hannah B at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash Hannah B. Use code Hannah B to save 20% on your first order. As an adult, it is really hard to make new friends. And like you said, it can be, you're definitely having to put yourself out of your comfort zone every day, every time you have to like reach out and say like, Hey, like I'd love to get dinner. But I think what's really cool about your community is like everybody in that community is also wanting Mm -hmm. to make friends. I also had this saying too, where it's like, you have your weekend friends and you have your weekday friends. Mm -hmm. And as I had recently graduated college, I realized that there was a difference. And I was really fortunate to have very solid, close knit group of girlfriends in high school that like, I would have a sleepover with them any single night. We Mm -hmm. work in the morning, who cares? Doesn't matter. Um, But then there are friends that are like, Uh, they're more of an acquaintance and it's more convenient. Like I'll invite you because we're going in a big group, but I wouldn't necessarily sit down with you. So have you sleep over. So weekday friend is like your girl. Yeah. Like it's like your girl, like you go to her, it's a more intimate relationship and those are so Mm -hmm. hard to find. You can find a weekend friend really anywhere. And there are friends that serve different purposes for you. There are friends who are like a really great 
um, business mentor or a really great person that like gets you out of your comfort zone. You do something spontaneous or they're really fun and like Mm -hmm. you go out with them or there's really deep intentional friends that like she's kind of your therapist and you call her up and that could be, you know, she could also be your weekend friend. But I've just always kind of had this mentality that your weekday friends are just like that's your core and it's hard to find that. So what can I do to help girls find that community, especially when they're moving somewhere or a lot of girls in our group get out of relationships and then they're like, oh my God, I don't know who I am because I've been with this person and I need breakup advice or, you know, like they're being cheated on or they're going through a divorce. Like that's very consistent. And I just do my best to help connect them with other people because as much as I would love to give one-on-one advice and like sit down with every single person and be that friend for them, I can't. And so the best that I can do is help find someone who is similar. So it's not only like, how do you make friends? So like you're helping people, you know, meet each other, but how do people keep friends? Because I think that yeah. is that that's like a whole other level of friendship. Like I I can meet people all the time, but how do you foster as an adult real relationships? Like what would you say is important for somebody who's like meeting people, but it's not really going, it's like a date. Like it's not really going further. Like what would you say to someone that wants to keep friendships? I am the kind of person that like, I kind of know in the first few minutes, like I, I really like your energy and that's what I'm looking for in a friendship. Um, so I, similar to a date, like you kind of get a feel, you kind of get a vibe and you have to understand that like kind of has to go both ways in order for it to be a fruitful friendship. And I have had friendships that are not super like balanced. Um, and it takes time sometimes to like really be deep with a friend. And sometimes it doesn't take time at all. And maybe you like trauma dump in the first day that you hang out and you get really close really fast. I feel like in order to have a consistent friend long term, you just have to like check up on them over time. My girlfriends from high school are still my absolute best friends in the world. And we could not talk for three months. And I would still know that we are the best of friends. And there are people that I've shared really difficult times in my life with. There are people that champion every single success. They have never shown me jealousy or um, they've never let like their ego get in the way of our friendship and like vice versa. And I think it's really hard to find those people. Um, But you have to ask yourself, like, what am I giving to a friendship? And what is my value in order to even be able to look for what you want in a friendship? Like you have to be very aware of what you provide. So true. So how do you balance like like your whole thing is like having fun on weekdays. So how do you balance having fun during the week with work and like household household obligations that that just are part of (laughs) life? Yeah, I try to make the household obligations fun. Like if I'm if I need to clean the house, I'm going to make like a cute little video out of it and I'm going to like have fun doing it um, <laughs> to encourage myself. Um, but yeah, no, it's very hard. And I think when I say fun on weekdays, people think that I'm just doing something every single night of the week, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Tuesday nights, I go to therapy. One of the nights me and Connor always either like cook dinner together or we'll like go to dinner. And then one of the nights in the week, I get together with my girlfriends and that could be like a a different group of girlfriends each week um and I teach bar too during the week so like I have moments in time to, throughout the week that's for me for my friends for my relationship and for like a new kind of interest and I think it really takes those three solid things in order to have a good week yeah how important do you think 
fun is in life? Oh my God. I think it's the most important thing in the world. Like what, what is life without being able to like smile yeah. and, and like laugh? That's the best feeling in the world. Making someone laugh is like the best. Yeah. Cause I think it can be, I have to remind myself this cause I can get really stuck in the, not even just like the rat race of life, but just like, I'll be like, I love even how you said like, I'll make a fun video when I like clean or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can just be like, I gotta get it done because I can be so ADHD that I'm like doing five things at once. And I'm like, what happened here? So reminding myself it's okay first of all to take a break and have fun but but also to remind myself okay these things have to get done Mm -hmm. how can I make them more enjoyable and I love that you said that that it's like well yeah these obligations for the house like still have to happen but changing that mindset of okay well Mm -hmm. how can I make this um not just you know washing clothes and doing laundry but like I'm gonna play my favorite songs and freaking mm-hmm. do karaoke. Like I think yeah. just for, like I can, I can get stuck in that way. And it, those are really great reminders for me that there are ways that I can in, enjoy the monotonous things of life. I want to ask about, thinking? obviously with Connor, mm-hmm. you sh- shot your shot with <laughs> TikTok. You shot your shot with, with your uh, social media and, and making friends. You, you'll just go for it. Have you always been so willing to put yourself out there, go the extra mile, take the risk for what you want? Where did that come from? You know, I'm not really sure. I think I grew up with parents who were always very supportive of anything that I wanted to do, but I've always just had this mindset that there's like something more that I could do. Mm -hmm. I've just never been like really satisfied with what I have and what I've done. And I think in times that can definitely be like, a bad thing. But in a lot of ways, it's like, well, why should I settle for, you know, just like good when I could have the best? Yeah. Like I could be a better version of myself. I could have more skills. I could like complete something else. And so I've just never really closed myself off to things. Like when I was in high school, any random opportunity that would come my way, I was like, sure, I'll do it. Like, why would I say no? What do Mm -hmm. I have to lose? So I think yeah, I'm not really sure where it came from, yeah. but I mean, the people that I surround myself with are a huge indication of the person that I am. Um, just always being supported and encouraged by people. And yeah, my parents also are incredible at encouraging me to do whatever. Um, my dad is so fun too. He's just like, I think I take a lot of his personality um, and my mom's attention to detail. Like I just take a lot of their qualities um, towards any project that I work on. No, I I think it's it's something that not a lot of people have, and that's why you are so, so successful, as I've said. But one thing that I was told, and I remind myself, is you just have to ask. You just have to ask. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be no, but what if it's a yes? That's so true. Like, well, first of all, anything that you want in life, you can make it happen for yourself if you work hard to to get that. But also, nobody knows what you want unless you blatantly say it. And I've also realized, too, that if I say something on social media that I'm going to do something, then I hold myself to it because then it's kind of embarrassing if I just drop the ball and I like let it go and I just kind of act like it never happened. So, I I mean, if I post, I'm going to get my bar instructor license, then, okay, I'm going to go and do it. I have to follow through on my words. So it's been good to also hold myself accountable to Mm -hmm. the things that I want to do. No, I think so, too. What would you say? Well, actually, no, I only have time for one more question. I'm like, I could ask you so many more questions, but what would you say to someone who 
is finding themselves in a position that knows they need to change things up, that wants to go for something, but is scared to put themselves out there? Like what would be a a first step or a pump up Mm -hmm. encouraging thing that you would say to them in this moment? Well, if it was anything related to social media, I just act as if no one I know is looking at anything. Mm-hmm. realistically like my grandma watches my videos like yeah everyone I know watches them but when I post things I just act as if they're not so I allow myself to just like let go of any judgment that I have or fear um but also just in general the fear of not succeeding will keep you from doing anything that you want so I feel like you just have to have fun doing it and if you make a mistake or you're not good at it literally who cares I wasn't good at advertising I wasn't the best at it but like I made the most out of it and I had fun with it and it led me to a different opportunity. So sometimes there's like stepping stones that lead you to the greater picture. Um, So I just kind of try to remind myself of that. But most people know internally, like if there is something that has been on their mind that they want to change about their life. Like I recently had a friend that I just she'd been on my mind and I just like she was not a good friend and I just wanted to let her go. So I spoke my mind and I was just like, I'm going to be upfront and I'm just going to be truthful and honest. And I think when you put honesty at the front of what you do, then it won't be very hard to make the right decision for you. Mm-hmm. You, I feel like we all know when it's time oh, 100%. To, to move, but I think it's it's that first step and the boldness to just try something different. Yeah. The um, boldness is, I mean, it's hard because it's not something you can really teach someone. No. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I've just never questioned it. You just have to do it scared. That's what I always say. If (laughs) you don't have it in there, you just got to do it scared. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. I just want to, if anybody else is like interested in fun on weekdays or getting involved in your community, um, if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners about how they can find you. Yeah. um, Go ahead. Yeah. I have, um, I have an Instagram for it. It's fun on weekdays. And then our website also fun on weekdays. Um, And yeah, our Facebook group is like a good way to get connected to other girls. And then I have a whole Excel sheet of group me's per city, per state. So if you live in Ohio and you're like, oh, are there group me's for girls in Ohio? Go on the Excel sheet, do the drop down and you can find like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, all the all the places. I think what you're doing is so incredible, not only for the career that you're building for yourself, but how you're creating these opportunities for other people and how that's where you found your purpose. So continue doing what you're doing but I'm also really excited to see how this grows for you because it's just the beginning thank you so appreciative thank you for having me thank you guys so much for listening to the episode better tomorrow is produced by me Hannah Brown and Legos creative our producer is Andrew Stalmer our show is recorded engineered and edited by the Legos creative team Remember to follow Better Tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and shows your support. You can follow me on socials at Hannah Brown and you can stay updated on all things Better Tomorrow on our Instagram at Better Tomorrow and our TikTok Better Tomorrow podcast. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Hannah B and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring the advertisers you won't want to skip.
Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash H-A-N-N-A-H-B. Thanks for your help.